What's going on, everybody? This is James Grandmaster Fax Boyce, and this is the Fax Project. In the inaugural issue, I basically wanted to uh, pretty much provide a one-pop shop as far as like what it takes and what everyday lives of nerd culture, blurred culture, and everything that is geek, as far as the hindsight on everybody within either your favorite artists, creators, and celebs, all on one platform. And today, my guest is Will Brown, otherwise known as Ill Brown, producer extraordinaire, as well as Beat the Block podcast co-host and VP of Operations, VP of Operations for Noir Caesar. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you being here. Oh, man, pleasure's all mine, man. Glad, glad you have me on. Absolutely, absolutely. So to get right into it, you're a man of many hats. Like you, you don't, you're pretty much a renaissance man when it comes to exactly what you've been doing for as long as you have. And I have taken the opportunity of seeing seeing your titles basically brought out on in, in hindsight, whether it's been you producing for Freddie Gibbs, BJ the Chicago kid. But what's more intriguing is the fact that not only are you the VP of operations for Noir Caesar, the one of the most fledgling US anime companies, US anime companies that's also a black anime company. Mm -hmm. And also, you've taken the opportunity to start your own podcast, the Beat the Block podcast, where pretty much it's almost in story length, where a lot of the people that tend to chop it up on your show have brought up their discussions of when they were at their lowest point and what brought them out. And, and, and I saw that as extremely intriguing. Um, for one, how, how long have you been a producer now? And I know you've been doing this for like a long time. Oh, yeah, man. I'm... Uh... I've been doing, you know, you know, beats production, things like that. I actually started out as a graffiti writer, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No so no doubt, man. Uh, but I, I quickly transitioned to being a music producer, man. I've I'm uh been doing this for 21 years now, man. So man, that is what's happening. So what what was like the biggest thing that basically pretty much triggered the fact that like, okay, this is my niche because I know that people are tend to be more inclined to the music that I produce more than anything. Absolutely, man. Uh, just, you know, just, just early on, man, being able to grow up in the, you know, the golden era of hip hop and just, you know, seeing hip hop evolve, man. And, uh, you know, being fans of some of the greatest to ever do it, man. Uh, you know, the dealers of the world, Pete Rocks, uh, New Jobbies, uh, Kanye West, though, you know, guys, you know, right here in my backyard and, you know what I mean? Just being able to be a part of the culture, you know, as it, as it evolved, man, that, that played a big part of me, you know, wanting to do it full time. I mean, I actually started out playing football, you know what I mean? Really? Like, okay. Yeah. I, I actually uh, played a, played a little bit of pro football, but always on the side, man, like even in training camp, all that stuff is, was my beat machine and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, it was just a matter of time, really, before it was it was a you know a full time thing for me doing music production. So at one point, you know what I'm saying, you were you were just strictly athlete, and then at one at some time or another, you got a beat machine and was like, yeah, this is me now. <laughs> yeah, actually, man, uh, I was able to I guess you could say swindle uh, my my grandmother into like I, I I guess you could say I had like the biggest like chore. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, look, I'll do chores for the next 20 years if you could just buy me this one machine. And you know what I mean? She 
saw the price of it, it was like, okay, there's no way this kid could possibly be serious about this. Right. Knowing knowing the price tag, he researched this thing. Beat machines were wildly expensive back in the day. You know what, what I'm saying? So what was it an MP? Uh, actually, an MPC60. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. It, it was between getting that or SP1200, and SP1200s at that time become extremely hard to find. Yeah. And they were, you know, starting to phase out that technology as a whole. Uh, you know, the SP, you know, the SP as far as the SP1200 goes. But uh, so I was able to, you know, get this MPC60. My grandmother put it on her credit card, which was amazing to me. I it was a long shot in my mind. Right. And then, you know what I mean? She's like, okay. Don't ask me for nothing else, pretty much for life. And, <laughs> and you know, right then and there, I'm like, yo, I got this mug. I plug it in. Yeah. It's like no sound coming out of it, right? And I'm like bugging out, like, there's no sound. It's broke. Like, what? And then I called my homie, uh, DJ Vest120. Shout out to my partner, man. And uh, he was like, fam, you need records. You got, you got <laughs> stuff to sample. Like, He's like, I can help you out, man. I got a, I got a zip with some drums and stuff, bro. But yeah, man, you gonna, you got a record player? Can you borrow? I was like, I don't have none of that, bro. And he was just like, oh man, you were for a rude awakening, bro. You, you thought and, it uh, came, you thought it came with its own beats already. <laughs> I thought it at least had its own sounds, cause you know right. all of the magazines and things I had read through back in the day, or you know even if you would like, you know, see people using it, like uh. You, you know, you watch your old TV raps, things like that. You would always see cats using that in the SP12, mm -hmm. and they just hitting on it. And I'm like, yo, that's what I need right there. You know what I'm saying? Little did I know, cats was, you know, sampling from the vinyl into the thing. And I'm like, oh man, I had a whole nother step that I just totally ignored. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but it was actually cool though, because, you know, grandmom and all of them had records and all of that. Mm -hmm. So I would sneak downstairs like, my, grand, my grandparents had like this, I don't even know how to describe, you know how old furniture is in your grandparents' crib back in the day. Yeah. You don't think nothing of it, but it's wildly expensive and, and very much so unique. Like they had this entertainment system thing that was like built into the furniture. My grandmother called it Jaws. And my grandfather called it Jaws. I, I just thought it was just the furniture. <laughs> but if you open it up, it was like a bar, an eight track player, a record player, and all of this crazy stuff that I never knew about, right? right? Until I got my MPC 60. And then I started like getting desperate, like I need sound. So I'm opening up Jaws. I knew it had records, but I didn't know Jaws did all that other stuff. Wow. So I opened it all up. I got my MPC 60 sitting there. I'm sampling Frank Sinatra records that my grandmother had, just just trying to get catch a vibe, man. And uh yeah, shout out to my boy once one. He he helped me out so much back in the day. Like that man. dude, I'm forever in debt to that cat, man. For real. That's what's up, man. So who was probably like the first either artist or major artist that like pretty much co-signed your work and looked at it as much as like, okay, this 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 is for real. Uh I would have to say. There's a cat here in Chicago, man. Uh, he had a skateboard shop at the time, too. Uh, my man, Doug Infant. He uh, actually does work for the Golden State Warriors right now. Okay. In some, some capacity. I, I totally forget what. I think it's in, like, graphic design or something. But, uh, yeah, Doug Infant, he was producer for Common. And uh, 
you know, producer for, you know, a lot of underground heavyweights at the time, uh, Black Star, bunch of cats like that. And, uh, you know, me and me and 120 would slide to the skateboard shop all the time. Just, you know, chop it up with them. You right. know, what, what, you know, talk to them and stuff. And then, you know, out of the blue, I'm like, hey, I make beats, man. Like, yo, like, <laughs> how can I get these beats to, you know, some some of these people? I, you know, I, I'm, you know what I mean? Trying, you know, I'm fans of on the low and stuff like that. And then uh, I had the opportunity to pass some beats along at the time. To, he ended up actually writing for Kanye West mm-hmm. and uh, battling Eminem, which was my man, uh, Ryan Fest and MC Juice. Yeah. Okay. So I was able to get beats to those cats. And, you know, it was just constantly, you know, it was like kind of like the proving grounds. You know what I mean? I would just feed them beats and, you know, just to see if they liked it. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, Ryan Fest is kind of, you know, I mean, he had Kanye around all the time. So he's like, yeah, yeah, they cool, they cool. He would never really, you know what I'm saying, use anything. But Juice was like, yo, yeah, keep feeding me beats, bro. You're getting better and better. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that was the first person that that had any kind of, you know, bit of industry, I guess, ties that was right. like, yo, keep working at it, bro. You're pretty dope. You know what I'm saying? That's but, uh, after that, pl- plenty of others, man. But, you know, it was... Yeah. It was a pretty big gap in between when I first actually got a placement. Now, and now inside of this transition mm-hmm. of you being a producer, what was it that appealed for you to join the world of anime? Oh man, uh, this is actually a pretty funny story, right? Okay. So uh, I'm from the South Side of Chicago, man. And uh, right, I was like, "Yo, is anime popping in Chicago?" Oh, heavy, heavy, heavy. Like, you, okay, you'd you be shocked. You know what I mean, like. It'd be the same dude that, you know, uh, throw gang signs at you, be, you know, watching uh, Vampire Hunter D. It was like that back in the day, like, for real. Okay, gotcha. So, like, say, I was no exception, you know what I mean? So, one day, uh, what's, what's the joint I'm watching? Uh, they used to show anime on PBS back in the day, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. So, I I, I'm, I'm, I'm flipping through channels, and this joint called Wicked City is on. I must be, I must be like nine to ten years old at the time, and I'm looking at it and it's wild, crazy. It's like unlike any other cartoon I had ever seen. Like I was like, "Yo, this ain't like GI Joe and right, you know, Transformers." Like mm-hmm. it's blood and it's, you know, it's it's mature. Mm-hmm. I was like, "This was like some that my older brothers would watch, that they kicked me out the room, you know, when they want to watch it." Mm-hmm. So little did I know. My oldest brother, Julius, is like loaded with VHS collection of anime, right? So I go downstairs, run downstairs, knock on his door, boom. Jew, I just watched this, this joint called Wicked City. I never seen nothing like that before, man. What was what is that? And he was like, Oh man, you watching anime? And he was like, Man, let me show you something. And then he pulls out a bunch of VHS and this Gogo 13 and, and Fist of the North Star and all yeah. this crazy stuff early Dragon Ball Z stuff I never even yeah. knew existed. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Uh, what, what's the, what's the, uh, another one of the stuff that I still love to this day. Uh, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on this. Uh, they almost like the Transformers. We're not Voltron, but uh, I, I totally drew a blank on it, man. But uh, it'll come to me. It'll, it'll uh-huh. come to me. Got, got a lot of stuff floating around this old noggin here, man. But uh uh, yeah, anyway, so I, you know, 
I go down and he has this whole collection of anime. Right. And I'm like, yo, can I just, when you watching it, can I just come watch it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, as long as it's, you know, the stuff that ain't rated R. Yeah. And rated, and rated X. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, rated X? What does that even mean like, at this point? Like 10, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So one day he's at work. He was working at a spot called, uh, what's the name of the joint? Spot car, far more. Imagine like the most low budget version of Walmart you could possibly think of back in the day. And he, he worked there, he was a warehouse manager. And okay. uh, he's going for work one day. I was like, hey, why are you going? Can I watch uh, some anime, you know, Gogo 13 and some stuff? He's like, yeah, go ahead. Just make sure you rewind the tapes. I go down there and I see this one joint and it was like uh, a Rakku Sokodachi. It's uh, The Legend of the Overfiend. Oh I, yeah, I, I was like, "Oh, this look kind of crazy right here." I'm looking at the box art, mm-hmm. and it's like this big monster, and he's over Tokyo, right? And I'm like, "Okay, word." I pop it in, and it's the wildest stuff I ever seen in my life. My mind was blown. It's nudity, it's violence, it's it's just over the top. Yeah, and I was like, "Yo, I'll never go back to watching regular cartoons after this." So that was it. Age ten, anime fully in. I'm all the way in. Like I would. You know, every time I had sleepovers or whatever, I asked my friends to come through. I'm right. putting them on the anime. Like, yo, what y'all want to do? Play Nintendo? I'm like, no, you got to watch this. And boom, it's Vampire Hunter D. Boom, it's Fist of the North Star. And all my friends became hooked. And we was like all like regular kids, though. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, we really didn't consider, you know, I think that's the whole dynamic that we like to portray with Noir Caesar is that like we're all nerds and geeks, I guess, so to speak. But we were all like just regular kids growing up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like went outside, had friends, played. We didn't consider ourselves like, you know, I guess weird or nerds. We just was like, yo, this is dope. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Man. So it, it kind of like, you know, permeates the message that we convey today. We're like, yo, you're not weird for like an anime. You're not a geek. You're not a nerd. Nah. Actually, you're dope. And everybody else is weird. Like they they're tripping. You know, that's how we kind of spin it. You know what I mean? Yep. Like we the cool kids. Y'all weird for not liking this. So so what basically what what was the what was the formation that brought you to create North? Crazy story. Crazy Rock? story. So uh I'm one of the OGs of the company, man. Uh yeah. The the main four guys that you see as far as uh I guess the ownership group. Uh, with Johnny being the CEO and founder, yep. uh, Corey being the uh, chief chief uh, operating officer. Uh, Corey does every damn thing. I don't know how he functions, but, <laughs> you know, I thought I wore a lot of hats. Corey does almost twice as much as what I do on a daily basis. But uh, but him and then Marcus, uh, just making sure, you know, every, all our ideas on point, making sure we're presented properly. Uh, that's, that's, you know, our core four. And, of course, Jax. Jax is the face of the company. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if, you know, when, when guys grow up, they fantasize about having a cool chick that likes anime, that's Jax. You right. know what I mean? That's my sis. So that's 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 pretty much, you know, you know the main people that you see at the cons and all this stuff. Yeah. As we've evolved at a company, man, it's a lot more people have come on. We'd be here all day talking about it. But uh, just the formation of that was a crazy story. I was actually doing some stuff. I'm uh, not sure. I'm pretty sure you're all familiar with uh, Anthony Piper. Yes. Runs Trill League. Yep. Yeah, that's my man. He's, from the, he's right here from Chicago. So, okay. excuse me. Uh, 
I was working on some stuff for him. And uh, he's like, yo, I got this thing truly going. I need music. And I was like, yeah, I got you, bro. You know, I'm feeding them beats. And, you know, we're constantly, you know, just keeping in touch. And uh, around this time, Johnny's playing for the Milwaukee Bucks. Right. And he reaches out. You know, he's reaching out to everybody that's Black, that's attached to the to industry, that, you know, deals in anime, any kind of capacity. And uh, Johnny's like, I need somebody that, that really loves anime to oversee, you know, what I'm doing sonically as far as, you know, production, making sure it's authentic, you know, all of that cool stuff. And Ant is like, yo, you got to meet my guy, Will, man. He's like, he's the one who got me into watching anime back in the day. Mm-hmm. So I'm living in San Diego at the time. So Johnny hits me up via Ant. And I'm like, you know, we just vibing on the phone like we known each other our whole life. You know what I'm saying? You right. know, Johnny's like my little brother, really. You know what I'm saying? Because of our age gap. But, you know, we vibing on the phone. And I was like, look, man, like, forget all these phone calls, bro. Just come, man, hop on the flight, bro. Come see me. So Johnny hops on the flight, comes out to San Diego. And ever since, man, we've been rocking. Yeah. That man, so to see like basically Noir Caesar like grow as a company, and mm-hmm. to see the pretty much the escalation of of black content within within manga, within anime, within just straight comics, indie comics mm-hmm. especially, like how has that been? I guess as far as your as far as your company psyche, uh, how's that how's that been going forth? Like, does that make you guys see the future that much more better? Because I signed up for the email list to get beta listed on that app. Wonderful. And Wonderful. I'm, I'm will enjoy. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. So like I'm I'm sitting here like thinking like what do these companies think? Seeing exactly like what's happening now because people a lot of people are home and they're looking up content and most people that necessarily didn't even get to see that there was actually black mangas and black animes out there and content creators that were basically formating a lot of these, a lot of these, a uh, lot of this good animators coming out Indeed. were actually like black artists and everything like that. And then to like, just, just find out in hindsight who exactly the people are and you're, you're proud of that for one. And in this, in, in, in essence of it, you just want to get to know exactly what the company is and how Indeed. does that feel for you guys? It's a wonderful feeling, man. You know, and uh, you know, there's there's a lot of other companies, you know, that that deserve some credit as well, man. Uh, but I, I think uh, what our niche is is uh, kind of taking the like like I was saying before, like kind of being the bridge between evolving, you know. Uh, you know, uh, black, you know, nerds and, and, and blurs and, you know, things like that into where, you know, we're the cool kids now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I think Noir represents, you know, the average person that likes anime right. that's black. You know yeah. what I mean? That's, you know, like, it, there's the stigma, man. I, and I hate it because there's all type of black fans that like anime. Some of them are nerdy cats that, you know, I guess they got picked on growing up, things like that. That wasn't my story. Right. That, that wasn't Johnny's story. You know, Johnny grew up hooping. I grew up playing football. You know, Marcus is a cool dude. You know what I mean? I guess if 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 any of us have that story, it would be Corey. But even still, you know, Corey, you know, is not a weirdo. You know what I'm saying? So like, so like, we really don't come from that perspective. 
but we we can empathize with it as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, we're like the kids at the lunch table, right? Yeah. And you walking past the, the cool kids' lunch table, and then you know you might be a nerd. You scared to come sit at the table, and we're like, hey, come sit at the table. You cool. You cool just like us. You right. like what we like. And they didn't even know that we all like the same thing. So for us, that's that's where it's so important and it's been so refreshing to see mm-hmm. like, like all types of people that you know that's rocking with us and, and want to see you know want to see us win, man. Whether it be like I mean the super duper nerd from somebody who just hoops or just you know casually likes anime and manga. You know what I'm saying? It's right. It's it's crazy to see that it's so many black people that's into it but we've known this all along yeah now it's just like hey it's our job to let the mainstream people know like hey we see you taking the sauce and infusing it into your characters and you know spot doing it in certain spots and grabbing this ambassador here and and that person there hey open the floodgates for us all the way you know what i mean like like look how fast the the whole after you know what happened with George Floyd and and Sandra Bland you know just all of the the social injustices and everything all these companies came out we're looking for black creatives we're looking for black creatives and right. it it sounded nice but you know really give us some opportunities right you know what I mean and they wasn't looking before exactly they definitely weren't looking before and man we've been in tons of pitch meetings and things like that. And we slowly start to realize, like, okay, they like they love what we do. Why we're not partnering up with certain people to produce content? And then, you know, later on, you see them trying to, you know, use some of your ideas or just even some of, yeah. you know, some of your, you know, your, your train of thought towards yeah. what they're trying to do. Because, you know, at the end of the day, the black dollar is extremely powerful. Right. So, you know, us, you know, trying to have a home for all of our content, as well as empower, you know, people who are developing their own stories and they want to make anime one day or maybe want to be a manga writer. We want to, you know, provide those opportunities and sort of kind of be like, you know, a farm system mm-hmm. for all if all these, you know, these brilliant people, man. So instead of saying, hey, Black Lives Matter, you know, we support you guys. Uh, we're looking for some stories and then you, you maybe pick one person out of all this. No, it's tons of talent. Exactly. It's tons of talent. And you could see it in a lot of the anime and manga. You could you could look at, you know, Demon Slayer and Tokyo Ghoul and Soul Eater and just, I mean, come on, man. Like, you could see the sauce. You could see mm-hmm. it. It's like, you won't, you, you take this white character, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And give them all the sauce that a black character has. Have them talking black, walking black, looking black the whole nine. But you mm-hmm. won't make them black, right? And it's like, yo, we got to change that, man. So we we were just like, you know what? Let's just not, you know, teeter that line. Let's just do it. You know what I mean? Right. Let's give them Darius. Let's let's give them uh, Danielle. Let's give them Seven and Silver for Primus. Let's give them, you know, and, and we don't just. You know, the thing our thing is diversity matters as well. Yeah, our stories feature characters from from all different you know ethnic backgrounds and in diverse culture. You know what I mean? So it's like, yo, we're not just saying 
you know, all black characters all the time. No. Where it makes sense for the character to be black, let the character be black. Right. It, it, it just makes no sense whatsoever for you, you to have this dude that literally has all the mannerisms, all the swag of a black character, mm-hmm. and, it's a, and the character end up being white. Like, come, come on, man. Like, yeah, they say that in the comic. Give us all flowers, man. They say that in the comic world as well. They was like, there's, there's a couple characters that you just cannot change. For one, you cannot change T'Challa. He is, he is black. Absolutely, he is Africa. He is from Wakanda. You cannot change Magneto. He is a Jewish Holocaust survivor. He belongs exactly belongs to, from Poland, and he belongs to be a Jewish Holocaust character. You know what I'm saying? Like a, a Jewish Indeed. nationality character. But let's talk about the fact that Noir Caesar, to me, reminds me of a startup hip hop label. For one, you're also the music director for Noir Caesar as well. Indeed. As well as the VP of operations, you, there's also the clothing line that's attached to it with Nami wear. Yes, sir. So, like, so what happened to me, what, what, what got kickstarted in me was the discussion that, okay, I remember when Rockefeller came out, they also had Rockaware, they also had their own drinks. You know what I'm saying? They, they had Armadale Vodka. Game. Yeah, it was like the, the parallels between basically being an upstart hip-hop company and being being Noir Caesar, this upstart black anime company, just seemed like it was like, boom, like it just fit. And I was like, there's, there's so many similarities in this because you, you started a company that almost looks like, you know what I'm saying, like you basically said, you guys are the cool kids. And... This is this is how we're coming out the park. Like, boom, yeah. We got basically all our artists. We have fourth rope and anime that's that's basically about to start up in 2021. We Indeed. also have Nami wear, so we pretty much have a clothing line attached to our company on on the side note, and it's it's available to everybody. Like you can you can basically cherry pick how you want this to go. Yeah, absolutely. We we could definitely cherry pick it, man. But we we like to make it available to everybody. Right. Like our thing is, uh, we want to create kind of like hype beast culture for our brands, mm-hmm. but without without the you know, without this you know not including everybody. You know, like hype beast culture is very very niche. Like everybody can't participate. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. But. We we're like nah. Let's flip the script on that, man. We want this to be available to everybody. However, you know what I mean. We 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 want real support, not like not you know hype beats are real fickle. <laughs> you know what Uh-oh. I mean? Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Like you know, we're not in the brand of reselling. We're in the brand of you know keeping that fan for life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like we want our fans to grow and evolve with us. So it's just one of those things, man, where. I guess you could uh, say it's similar to how, how how Rockefeller evolved. You know what I mean? Like you start in one thing and then you just branch out. But it, what happens is all that stuff is necessary, man. Because yeah. these are uh, you know Crunchyroll and Funimation and all these companies and and Viz Media, they're the same, man. Like at the end of the day, all of your all of your intellectual properties are nothing but billboards to sell merchandise. Uh huh. And and you you know you eventually you like you go to a con, man. Like you could buy every kind of Dragon Ball Z t-shirt your heart desires or or One Punch Man or whatever, you know, whatever you're into. Right. All of the anime is are, are literally just billboards and commercials to sell you the merch. Yeah. And 
and for us to just focus on anime with you know with pigeonhole us so like what we're doing with uh you know nami wear uh shout out to my bro dom and uh you know doing with uh you know like with the app and just just everything we got our hands in mm-hmm. uh, even with the music uh right you know ultimately we're we're gonna offer you know uh indie label of sorts for for hip-hop artists and and you know what I'm saying to to come on on board. Like we're we're not stopping. You know what I mean. So we want to we want to literally branch out and do everything. Well, perfect segue. I wanted to ask you that question. Something you said like a little bit a while ago. Now you talked about Crunchyroll and Funimation. Now yes, I know Funimation is now is, has has been owned by Sony for some time now, but right. it's also now about to possibly be the acquisition of Crunchyroll through Sony for about like nine hundred seventy. Five million dollars. Yeah, they dropping the bag. Right. <laughs> right. Sure. So, so for for you guys in the anime world, what does that mean to you when news like that happens? Well, we uh, we feel like you guys can feel free to send some of that money our way. You know what I mean? Let us, you know, let us still run it because you guys can't run it the way we run it. Mm-hmm. But you know, share some of those resources and, and things, you know, towards us, man, and uh, like. What we want to do, and it's it's not necessarily trying to form a conglomerate, but we want to, like I said, be the farm system, and we want to be where people come to discover all the dope black talent. Like everybody that's black, that's dope, that's in the anime, manga, hip hop, in some form of capacity, fashion, mm-hmm. should want to check us out, or be either be a part of it or be a fan, and. Like, and, and I'm not shy about it. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be, the, you know, I'll get on the cross for that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you black and you don't rock with Noir Caesar, I got a problem with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we're, like you should you should think what we're doing is dope because we're doing it for the people. You know what I mean? Like, there's a, and you know, it's proof of that, man. Like, we're one of the only companies, man, we'll go live and, and, and like right from our Instagram page and, and take pictures right there on the spot. And Three titles that we got coming to the app were from pictures from the Instagram live. Mm. So what it what it does is it lets people who want to get into this arena know that yo, there's somewhere for me to actually, you know, there's this not a dead end. It's not just me pitching to Crunchyroll or Viz Media or these these huge corporate conglomerates where I feel like there's just no way in. Mm-hmm. You know, we got a spot for you right here. You know what I'm saying? Like. You know, just make sure your stuff is dope. That's all we ask. So, what do you, uh, what do you see as far as like young creators that basically want to get their foot in the door? And I'm sure you guys get approached and DMs start to happen consistently. Oh, but, all the time. Yeah. So, like, what is what is usually like the what's the conversation like if it if it happens? Because I know you guys are tremendously busy. So, there's a lot of people that pretty much want to get into the business. Like, how? How do they feel like they can get their footing in if they do talk to you guys? Uh, well, we don't, you know, we don't give people the fairy tale approach. You know what I mean? There's always people that give you the cliche stuff. Like even when we do our panels and everything, we let people know like right away, like, hey, we're still not exactly where we want to be. Mm-hmm. Although you guys are looking at us like, you know, some sometimes they look at us like we're rock stars, and we're like, "Yo, we're still trying to get to the bag too." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're trying to we're trying to you know make this even better. So when you guys come to us, we have more resources to offer you if we like you know what you're doing. So 
we get a lot of, you know, we try to respond to everybody though, man. Like honestly, like our DMs, you know what I mean? Especially on the NAR season page, man, we try to literally answer everybody. If we don't get to you in the DM, you got an interesting comment or you send a pitch to Corey or myself or Marcus or Johnny, we, you know, we, we don't just let, let the inboxes pile up, man. Cause we're also, it's our duty to also be looking for the next, you know, dope artist, dope storyteller as well. Yeah. So we can't take that for granted. You know what I mean? Somebody might have sent us the next big thing mm-hmm. and, you know, you, you could Hollywood yourself right out of Hollywood. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So we, you know, we don't take that for granted, man. We try to check our emails and respond to our fans and, and then people want to, you know, come on board and possibly, you know, aspire to be a part of NAR one way, one day in one, you know, form of capacity. You know, we just don't take that for granted. You never know who's going to have, you know, that next fire content. Yeah. Is that any, since you're an OG of the crew, is there anybody mm-hmm. that basically showed improve enough to be a part of the family and is now like a staple that you've seen as like a diamond in the rough in the beginning? Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, for, for, for one, uh, my man Dom, who runs NAMI, where, uh, like, we brought him on. It, it was crazy because, uh, we, you know, we were doing cons and pop-ups and things, and we had the merch. And uh, then Johnny had the idea one day, like, man, we need a, a full-fledged company, like yeah. a sister company, but strictly for the, for you know, the apparel and the merch. And I was like, well there's a cat who's been following us for a minute, but I personally know him. Uh, and he has, you know, industry ties and success. And his name is Dom Jimenez. Let me see if he's interested in coming on board. So, and the thing about us, like all of us like work, we do like, when it's time to work, we grind, man. And we, we get to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like even yep. us wearing as many hats as we, we do, like, you know, you come to a pop-up, you know, Johnny might be fresh off, you know, coming to play ball or whatever, or, mm. you know, fresh off practice and we right there chopping it up with the fans and everything, you know what I'm saying? So, right. like, you know, we all we all take the grind very seriously. And uh, I was like, yo, this cat Dom is the real deal, man. He used to run a uh, brand called Mimic Brand. Mm-hmm. And like, just, you know, I mean, Dom, I think he's from like uh, East Pennsylvania, man, like small town kid. And, you know, I, I will see his brand on the internet and be like, yo, it's dope. And then slowly but surely, I will start seeing cats like Soldier Boy, Rockin' Mimic, and wow. you know what I'm saying? Cam Meekins and like certain hip hop artists rocking it. And I'm like, yo, this this is dope. And I was already, you know, supporting him and wearing it myself as well. Mm-hmm. So I said, hey, yo, Johnny, we, we need to connect the dots here. And literally, there's a lot of people that say they want to work with us. And then we like, well, okay, show us your stuff. And then this, I wouldn't say it's trash, but it's like, yo, we, we need to see it. Like, cause if we like it, we're going to really put you on. Right. And a lot of people will submit stuff and it'd be like, eh. and then a couple of other people we were working with would drop the ball and we'd be like, no, we need somebody that's going to go crazy and go hard for this, you know, for this NAMI wear brand. Mm-hmm. So we bring Dom in and it's literally crazy. Cause I was like, yo, Johnny, I think this is the guy for the for the Nami wear move and literally within like 20 30 minutes Dom sends like 30 or 40 samples over mm. like I'm talking hats t-shirts jacket anything you could imagine backpacks right, right, right and he's like just constantly like 
And Johnny's like, man, this dude is exactly who I need. And then he's like, yo, he's I need somebody to design the website, this, that. I was like, Johnny, he does all of that. Right. So he's like, you know, he fits right in with, with our culture, you know, being able to be versatile. So, yeah. so like when you see NamiWear.com, that's Dom. You know, he he books those photo shoots. He's front and center, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Doing doing everything. We don't we don't even have to touch it really. Right. So we just, you know, let Dom cook, man. And that's the type of work ethic, you know, if you know, for everybody who's watching this and checking it out, listening, you know, it's not that. You know we're we're hard to work with or hard to join. When you come on, it's a grind, man. Because yeah. we don't look at the competition. You know, I mean, I mean, our competition really is Crunchyroll and, and Viz Media and all these companies, mm-hmm. and they have all these crazy resources. So in order for us to you know even be in a conversation, our stuff has to be you know just as dope or way doper than them. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, that's just synonymous with the black experience, period. Right, right. No, I totally understand that. And, and, and shout out to Dom, because he he definitely is doing his thing. So another one of your projects, basically just started, you you just finished the season, Beat the Block podcast. Yes, sir. So, so how did this come to fruition? Wow, uh, the Beat the Block podcast. So, um, Actually, that's basically uh, three, a group of friends. But, uh, you know, a lot of stuff we, that we've accomplished over the years in the industry. Yeah. Uh, getting getting together, like, yo, let's let's do something. Let's let's, let's make a podcast. Uh, uh, I, you know, I still, you know, rock with the brand and I'm a part of it. But uh, Trox and myself are, uh, you know, from team, the team backpack days. Okay. So, you know, we had that, that connection, me and Trox. And then uh, there's a, a huge uh, producer community uh, called iStandard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if they're still doing anything, but uh, uh, Candy is uh, she was doing some stuff for for iStandard for right. for many years. Right. So all three of us, you know, through beat battles and all that cool stuff, you know, we all stay in contact. And like you mm-hmm. know, me and me and me and Trox are like super close. So we were like, hey, yo, we should do a podcast. And uh, at the time. And we're like everything fell into place because my man uh, uh Dev Tejwani, he's uh the former CEO. Okay. Former former CEO of Team Backpack. Yep. And he he had taken a position over at BeatStars. Ah, okay. And exactly, he was like, "Yo, let me uh put some put some things together for you guys. I, I really like that podcast idea that we were gonna do via the Team Backpack platform." However, it made more sense for producers to do something with a producer platform. Uh-huh. And we, we ended up partnering with Beat Stars for the first season. So so as far as like the aspect of how the podcast is is, is constructed, it's basically from from how I, I figured it out. It's it's pretty much more so um, more so mental, social, as far as like Indeed. how a lot of uh, people within the business have overcome a lot of difficulties when they've hit brick walls. How did they get through them? And I think that aspect of it is dope. Oh man, bunch. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, like I think entertainment industry wide, man, a lot of people don't want to tell the story about how, how taxing this stuff is for your mental health. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know, of course it's peaks and valleys, man. And 
you have to know how to navigate that as a creative man, whatever, whether you're making beats or whether you, you know, doing a podcast thing like yourself or yeah. there's going to be peaks and valleys, man. And you're going to have, you know, those successes. And then you're going to have times where you're like, man, I should just go get a job. Man. This is crap. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, so right. It's, it's very important for us, you know, having all these connections to let people know that, Hey, your favorite producers and artists and, and people that you think got it, got it made mm-hmm. are also battling the same demons and the, the same right. things that you are as well. You know what I mean? Except it's even more stressful because you know, they're used to a certain level of success, certain level of income, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So once you get to a certain level, it's like, you got to go even harder to maintain. It. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like they say is, you know, it's like, you know, get, get to your first million dollars or whatever, or get to your first, whatever, you, whatever threshold you set for yourself. Once you get there, how do you stay there? Right. And that right there is, is taxing as hell mentally. You know what I mean? So we thought it would be like, yo, imagine if somebody, you know, knew that the nine Porter or, or like for season two, we got Jake one coming on. We got, you know, Jaleel Beats, who, you know, helped Meek Mill rise to fame. And uh-huh. the people that you think got it made are like, yo, I haven't made beats in six months, man. I was depressed. I was going through this. I was going through that. Right. For people to hear those things, it helps them stay in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, yo, if my favorite people are able to grind and, and it's like that for them, I know that, you know, I should definitely hang in there for the long haul. There's, there's, there's hope. You know what I mean? And, you know, we're not in the business of selling hope. Mm-hmm. We're in the business of inspiring. You know what I mean? So, right. like, hearing your, hearing that your favorite people, you know, like, yo, I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills mm-hmm. and things like that. And for them to, you know, persevere and make it happen, that's inspiring as opposed to saying, you know, I've been to tons of music seminars and stuff, man, and your favorite artist is there. And he's like, just work hard and you can be like me one day. And it's totally BS. Like, right. no, tell them the truth, man. Tell them that, you know, in the process of going for your dreams, like your girlfriend left you or, uh-huh. or you know, your mom got sick or like real life stuff, man, that, that we have to overcome. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, my man Gibbs said uh, one of his early joints that I produced, uh, you know, people will tell you about the persons, but they'll never tell you about the losses. And was that friends? Yeah. That was friends, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. So they tell you about the persons, but they won't tell you about the losses. And without the losses, man, yeah. you know, there, there's really no substance to what you are. It's easy to talk about your wins. That's easy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But to let people know, hey, there are definitely dark times and, you know, times where you wanted to quit or times where you were just like, this is not working out. You know what I mean? The way I envision to stay right. down and stay in the trenches, that's what's important about, you know, the message we convey with Beat, Beat the Block podcast. Right, right. Hey, man, it's just like pizza, man. You can love pizza to death, but you got to love the crust of a motherfucker sometimes, man. <laughs> that's you facts. Know, that's you know facts. Sometimes that crust, crust be burnt yep. and hard. And, you got to enjoy this terrible. whole thing, bro. Straight yeah, up. The whole pizza. That's real. So, so you got any, uh, what, what are the projects that are basically coming up as far as you're concerned, whether it's Noah Caesar, whether it's you're producing, whether it's Beat the Block podcast? Oh man, uh, 
one of one of the uh, projects I'm, I'm super excited about, man, is is uh, uh, it's two projects actually. Uh, uh, my man uh, Corey has a joint coming called Space Pop. Ah, and yes, I'm, Space Pop. I'm, 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 I'm wildly excited about it, man, because it's like like a space opera thing, man. It's very unique. I love the uh, I love the diversity and the versatility of the characters. And he's been working hard as shit at it for a very long time, man. And I'm, mm-hmm. you know, for Corey to be doing as much as he does for Noir on a daily basis to see, you know, him on the cusp of finally getting his idea out there, mm-hmm. I'm beyond excited for him, man. I think everybody's gonna love Space Pop. It's been getting great responses. The artwork is amazing. The story is amazing. And uh, I'm I'm really excited for that. And and of course, Fourth Rope, man. Like I know you guys been seeing the rollout for the Fourth Rope joint. Yeah. Like uh, I, I saw that y'all got a uh, Chris Sabat. Yeah, yeah, we we got we got Chris Sabat coming on. Uh, you know, uh, uh, John Eric Bentley, uh, Noah Bentley. So uh, a whole lot of people that I'm not even going to say that you yeah, never the- thought was that's jumping on, that's voicing characters and doing some stuff, man. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm actually been in uh, talks with my man Wood Harris. You know, Wood Harris is from the yeah. west side of uh, Chicago. And uh, he's he's very fond of uh, what we're doing with Primus Seven. Avon so, uh, Barksdale, yeah, yeah, Avon Barksdale himself, man. Damn, he's, uh, he wants to definitely come on board and do some stuff with Primus Seven. So, you know, man, it's all timing, man. And uh, you know, we got a lot of stuff going on, uh, just industry wide, man. Like, uh, you know, of course we can't talk about it, but uh, it's it's coming. You know what I mean? And then of course okay. the app, man. The app is going to be just extremely fire man like we want to take all the creatives off of facebook and instagram Mm -hmm. put you guys on the app so y'all can build and you know you might be a cold artist and Uh you're like man i I need somebody to write this and then there's a writer somewhere that's like i need to partner with a cold artist right you guys are all in one community and you're able to build and then still right there in that same community okay we think we got our stuff together and it's dope enough Man, we need to pitch it to somebody. You don't have to leave the app. Pitch it to us. Yeah. You know what I mean? One stop shop, man. That's that's what we're doing. And in the meantime, hey, you need some drip, Nami Wears right there. You want to buy some manga? Hey, Noir app is right there. Everything is right there for you. Man, yo, that and and we're expecting the what what is the the opening of the app around early 2021? Yeah, we, we're trying to come out the gates uh, January, man. We're trying to, man, we're trying to hit 2020. We're all trying to get out of this year. Right. Is You know, 2020 has been crazy, man. So we're trying to definitely turn up in 2021. Definitely would love to get back on the road at some of these cons and everything. Yeah. Uh, of course, you know, you know, we're moving and how the pandemic allows us to move. But uh, like even right now, you know, we're getting ready to go back to the drawing board here. Yeah. Chicago. So and, and it's unfortunate, man. But uh, you know, we, we're gonna find we're gonna figure this out, you know, all together, man. We got we got ain't no other way, you know. Absolutely, man. Hey, look, I appreciate you kicking it with me, man. Uh, I got one more, got one more. I'm gonna I got, I got everybody who has me on as a guest, man. I gotta give them a little bit of, of an exclusive of what I'm working on. Okay, but, go ahead. Uh, uh one of my favorite artists, man, me and him been in the trenches working on uh couple of projects but uh be on the lookout me and my man stole got cooks got some heat coming okay that's gonna be fire man check him out uh reasonable drought album of the year in my opinion 
Go check that out, man. Fam is fire. Yeah, be on the lookout for that. When should we expect that, brother? Uh, thinking about March, man. We should be around March. Around March, Look, yes, hey, You heard it here first, man. Ill Brown about to put out some more heat for you guys at the beginning of next year, man. Yes, sir. Got to so, stay grinding. Absolutely. So, brother, I appreciate having you on. I thank you for doing this. For one, check out that No R Caesar app. For two, beat the plot, beat the block podcast. Uh, next, uh, the new season. We're thinking yeah. around like next year. Season two, man. December. We we we, we next month. We we'll see you. Next run in December, and always, yes, always check. Once again, he already told you guys. Beginning of next year, beginning of next year, you are gonna have an Ill Brown single in your deck. You know, what all I'm day, man. Got to got to keep going with that, man. And uh, maybe even down the line, I'm, I might put out another album, man. Uh, I think I got my vinyl around here somewhere. I'm not sure. Let me see. Uh, yeah, I got one right here actually. Okay. And y'all can go get this. Pressandpush.com, man. Ill Brown return to hardcore. Yes, return to hardcore. Ill Brown. First, dude, first artist in Chicago with Alchemist beat. There it is, right there. Dang. Oh, you know what? The first. Yes, sir. From the guy. Won't be the last, though. Up. Won't be the last, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely not, bro. Shoot, man. I'm sure Alchemist is just like loving that all the way to death, man. The fact that you got that hit out there. Yeah, that's but, my bro, man. Shout out to Al, man. Well, hey, for everybody. Everybody out there, thank you for, for joining us on the Facts Project. Thank you to Ill Brown for joining me today. Go look out for Noir Caesar and basically see this man for anything that's out there. He's a man of many hats, so pretty much you're going to find out an extended branch of what he's doing anyway. So come see that, all right? Yeah, all appreciate right. you for having Facts me, Project, man. And we out, bro.